0: We welcome you back to Pursuing Justice. I'm Harriet Hendell. And last week we met my adopted daughter, um, adopted as I often say, not on paper, but in our hearts. Um, we have known Robin Ledbetter uh, for the last 13 years and met her at York Correctional Facility in Niantic, Connecticut she is uh, now a free woman out since the middle of august of 2021 and last time we talked a great deal about the good programs therapeutic i guess i would say programs that York correctional (laughs) offered to her while she was inside um so now um i'd like to ask her a few things about um the transition that she had to make. But before that, we just say welcome, Robin, to the program.
1: Oh, thank you. Nice to be (laughs) back. (laughs) Good
0: Good to have you with us. So last time, we we talked a a great deal about so many of the programs that you participated in at York, um, which I think really helped you do your time. Um, and, And a question I didn't ask you is, Did you deliberately choose how you wanted to do your time?
1: Um, I think at some point, because I did struggle during my incarceration, I think that after a few years of, you know, getting in trouble and, you know, really not finding any value in my life, I just made a decision that, you know, I'm going to make the best out of this situation. So... Yes, I definitely made a deliberate change and it didn't come easy. It was a lot of work, but the more I got involved with different programs, the better I got. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: That yeah. certainly is a strong message that there are many prisons in the country that do not offer anything. And mm-hmm. um I think uh, the more programs that are um that you can choose from, the better off that you are. So yes, was, was there was there a a guide or a mentor that um, helped you over the twenty five years that you were locked up?
1: Um, so there was a social worker that worked there, um, and her name's Jill. I'm not going to say her name, her full name, but she was amazing. She was definitely my go to person. She's definitely the person that whenever I struggled. I talked to her about everything. She really helped me um, get involved in some of these programs. She believed in me. She did so much for me. Um, and, you know, it's, it. I mean, she was like a, like a rare gem in a place that, you know, uh, isn't always very kind. It's a very harsh environment, but there are people who care. And I was lucky enough to come across somebody like Jill, who really, really helped um, helped build me up and helped build my character and who I could really go to in some of the most desperate of times during my incarceration.
0: That's great. That is wonderful. Um, you have done a lot of writing. Um, that's, of course, How I Met You, a story you wrote in I'll Fly Away, edited by the author Wally Lamb. Is there a writer that you particularly admire and did that writer inspire you to write?
1: Um, well, to what inspired me to write is when in my youth, my dad used to write poetry and I never forgot one day he sat me down and he read a poem to me that he wrote and then it was about his addiction. And after that, I was always like, you know, scratching little poems out on my notepads at school and stuff like that. And I, like, really wanted to write. And then as I got, you know, older, I kind of, like, didn't think about it until I joined the writing group um in the facility. And that's when I started writing again. And I rediscovered, like, this love for writing that I had.
0: If if it hadn't been for Wally Lamb's writing group, as you say, a writing workshop, um, do you think that you would have used writing as kind of a therapeutic tool for yourself? No, I don't think no. so at
1: all. No. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's that's amazing because you've got such a, a gift and a talent and it would have been undiscovered if not for mm-hmm. him. So absolutely. Uh, that, that's a he he certainly what a gift he brought to your correctional with uh, his, his, uh, his time and his his skill. So you have been out of prison now about a half a year
1: uh, mm-hmm. since
0: August, mid-August. Um, yeah. And he- here we are, you know, into the 2022. How did you envision your life on the outside? Is it what you thought it would be?
1: Um, that's a great question. How did I envision my life mm-hmm. on the outside? Um, Honestly... I I'm not really sure how I envisioned it. I just was like, I just gotta get out of this place, and I just gotta do all these things, and I gotta work, and I, you know, gotta find a place, and I gotta go to school. And since I've been home, um, and, you know, and they, you know, people fill your head with it. there's gonna be so much struggle in the transition. But since I've been out, like the transition really has been like amazing. It's been smooth. I haven't really suffered any like extreme stress. Yes, there's been a few stressful situations that, you know, I didn't foresee, but I think it really depends on like the foundation that you have, like having you and and my dad and, you know, some really good friends to kind of that I can talk to or that help me out when I'm struggling with different things, you know, it, that really counts for for everything, you know, because there's a lot of people who do get out who have no one, they get out to absolutely nothing. And I think that that right there is where the real struggle um, comes into play because after being incarcerated for so long, you don't know what to do. You don't know how to, you know, maneuver through the world, even going for a job, you know, everything, you have to have a phone, everything goes to your email, everything mm-hmm. is electronic. So if you don't have somebody to kind of walk you through it then the transition can be extremely hard and there isn't enough um programs out there for, you know, especially for people who did a long amount of time who aren't, you know, uh, you know, up to date on things that's going on in the world. So they definitely there definitely needs to be a little bit more programs like that. But I've been extremely blessed to have a really solid support system. So the transition has been wonderful for me. It's been nothing but every day is like a blessing.
0: Well, that's great. Now you
1: could have been
0: placed in a halfway house, but Mm -hmm. you were not. Um, So where, where are you living?
1: I live with my uncle and after the first, when I got out, I was given a GPS. So I had a GPS monitor on my ankle that I wore for 90 days. I had a curfew, had to be in the house by nine uh but i did well on it i had no issues so the gps was removed and then my will meet with my parole officer once a month and then uh as of january i only meet with my parole officer every three months because i'm doing very well so yeah tribute to you tribute to you that's for sure
0: now um you talked about um support Uh, Do you have the support that you need uh, now on the outside?
1: Um, I think absolutely. Uh, I think, I mean, you are heading this podcast, but we do have a personal relationship. So the relationship that we have has been like amazing. I don't even think that I wouldn't ever even left the facility um, if it hadn't been because of the relationship I had with you and Stan and your sister and stuff like that, because you really encouraged me in such a huge way. And coming out here, my uncle just opening his doors to me, friends that I hadn't seen, my best friend who has my two godchildren. Um, I mean, yeah, my support system is really solid. It really oh, that's, is. That's wonderful.
0: So now to um, goals that you set for yourself out here, uh, what were they? And, and have you met those goals?
1: So um, some of the goals I have, have had were just basic goals, like get a job, which I have. I work um, at a warehouse. I, it's a decent job. Uh, I really like the people that I work with. Getting my learner's permit was a huge one, which I accomplished. Uh, getting a car, uh, which I have and now trying to transition into my own place is my next goal um and i think that now that um once i've transitioned into my own place um i'm going to change my shift at work and i'm going to try to uh, go back to school i think one of the biggest things that i've struggled with out here is like time management because you know going to a job every day being there eight hours getting out at the time that i get out it just didn't seem like I was going to be able to swing school. Um, But now that I'm able to move around a little bit more, once I'm stable in my own place, then my next goal is to go to school and to finish my degree because I don't want that to go to the wayside. And I know that that getting caught up in the the day-to-day of life, that can happen. And I don't want that to happen for me.
0: So the job that you have, what, can you tell us a little bit about what that is and how did you get, how did you get that job? It didn't, it it didn't fall into your lap. How did you go and get it?
1: Oh, okay. So my job, I work at um, a company, which is like FHI slash ADUSA, which is a warehouse that ships for stop and shop. And what I do, my position is called like a receiver. So any and every product that comes into the warehouse is my responsibility to uh count it to make sure that it's the right amount document anything that is more on um, product or less product scan it tag it so that it can be put away in the warehouse so anything that enters into that warehouse has to go through mine or or there's about three other girls now um that has the same position so any product that comes into the, to the um, warehouse has to go through our hands before it's put away. And I ended up with that job because a friend of mine um, was going, she had heard about it and she was like, why don't you just come with me or go? And I went and you know, it was a little bit intimidating because they asked you about your work history and things like that, but I'm very open. It is a second chance program, which I didn't know. So there's a lot of people mm. who were formerly incarcerated at my job. Um and they are extremely welcome and they hired it's still a new company. They hired me like on the spot. He was like, I I understand what you're going through. We're giving you the job. Don't worry about it. Uh come in in the next three days, you'll start your training. So I was like really, really lucky. Yeah.
0: Yes, you were. And and what are your hours at the job?
1: Uh, right now I work from one PM to nine thirty PM.
0: All right. So long, long day. And you're on your feet a great, great deal. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I all day.
0: <laughs> it, it's yeah. a, an exhausting job. But the pay is so good. Um, and yeah. you, you are so lucky because in prison, what was the pay per hour for uh, if 75
1: cents? Seventy-five yeah, cents. cents an hour. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So and at now, work, when it gets long and it's tiresome, I'm like, you know what? Mm. I would have been doing twice this work in the facility for pennies. So right, I can right. definitely do this.
0: No, that's great. That's a great attitude. Now, um, you said um, you have a car. How how did you how did you do that?
1: So my dad um had a truck and um he is not driving anymore. So he gave it to me. And then I was also given like from a lady that was a volunteer in the facility. Um, she had a friend who had like an old like Toyota Corolla that she didn't work, want anymore standard. And she just gave it to me. She was just like, here, here's this car. You mm-hmm. can have it. And so before I even got the truck, uh, I had a car, but it's a standard. I don't know how to drive it. So it's sitting in the driveway of my house. But the um the truck that I have was my dad's. So, yeah, and it has, like, great mileage. It doesn't have, like, it has, like, 74,000 miles on it. It's, like, a brand-new truck. So I'm, like, extremely blessed, yeah.
0: And my are, blessings
1: have been coming every day.
0: Are you driving the truck yet? Um, Have you... Been in I am the
1: driving the truck, but I have to have a licensed driver right. with me because I only have my permit.
0: <laughs> right, right. And when do you think you will um, be able to get your take your road test?
1: Um. So you, it's about ninety days in Connecticut after uh you get your permit. So I haven't had my permit for a full month yet.
0: Oh, oh when you say 90 yes. days you have to wait 90 days?
1: Yes you have to wait 90 days oh. before you can take the license and test in Connecticut oh. yes.
0: Oh I didn't realize that. So all right so yes. you that's coming soon. And then um yes. you said uh, your other goal is um your own place and you've yes. already done some research there um tell us yes. a little bit about that.
1: So it's really, really um, something I didn't realize is that you know you have to uh, um, you know they do do a background check and they like a lot of places that are um, you know nice places um, they want you to make three times the and they want you to have like a year of um, you know paychecks and stuff like that so you know, having somebody, um, to co-sign has been something that I've, uh, you know, have to do because, you know, I haven't been out for over a year yet. So right. if it wasn't for, you know, support and having somebody that will be willing to co-sign for me, then I wouldn't be able to get a place of my own. Um, but it's something that that is still in the works right now. I uh, so, and I am extremely, I'm a very responsible person. So, that's not gonna be an issue for me at all. But yeah, it, that is a challenge that you face when you get out is like, you know, it, there is places some that are in some really harsh, harsh areas that you don't have to go through, Um, jump through some of these hoops. Um, But if you wanna live in a place that's safe, a place that's, you know, not like, I don't wanna live in, you know, some of the places where, you know, around like where my, Crime happen and stuff like that, and you know I don't want to go back to that environment. It's a little bit more tricky um, when you want to go to like uh, a different area. So that's been a little bit of a challenge, but it's it any every challenge is meant to be faced and overcome.
0: Right. Well, I I do plan, of course, to co-sign that lease for you, and we will work work together. Uh, to get you into that apartment, um, so yes. that's, that's that's my goal too. So as yeah. you look way up ahead, um, where do you want to be, say maybe a year from now? If we were speaking to you, and and I would love it if you'd come back maybe in uh, a year from now or half a year and tell us where, you know, what your journey has been like, but. Where, where would you like to see yourself a year from now?
1: Oh, so a year from now, I would definitely love to be working, doing some community outreach. I definitely want to be working in the community, working, at first I only was like, oh, I would like to work with, you know, juveniles or, you know, the girls, girls or guys in that 18 to 25-year-old population. But, you know, seeing a lot of people who have come home who are of all different ages it doesn't matter to me what age they are if I can be of any assistance in helping people transition or you know to help build up people's self-esteem or just be you know an, an ear or do something to to uh, provoke some kind of change um, that's where I want to be uh, I think that Connecticut is trying to do some things um, as far as like prison reform and giving people, you know, another chance. But sometimes you need people who have actually walked through it and who have experienced it to get you, for, to, for people to kind of like see what it is that needs to be done. So that's where I really want to be. I'm hoping a year from now, I'll definitely be really stable um, as far as like my own place. Um, and you know, I just want to do normal stuff. I don't want to do anything super, super extreme. I want to live. I want to travel. I want to be connected to the people that I love. Um, I'm hoping I'll have started the, you know, working on my book again, because I have several chapters done. So it's just like figuring out, you know, time management and getting everything done. And I'm have learned that I have to slow down. A little bit because I'm always like in a rush and always trying to get something done. Yeah,
0: stop and smell the roses,
1: right?
0: Yeah. So, um, as as we close out our podcast today, um, did we cover everything? And and if not, um, you, I, I encourage you to add something. But I wanted to ask you, what message do you have? for our listeners, especially those who are tuned in, who have walked the same road as you have. What what message do you have? And and if you want to add anything we didn't cover, please please do so.
1: Um so I have two messages. Okay. For those who are still incarcerated or who have transitioned out, uh the world is not as scary as people who try to make it seem. It's all about your mental strength, preparing yourself, and there is nothing that you are incapable of doing. Like being incarcerated, you have survived the harshest of environment. So coming out into the world is really a cakewalk. It's all about staying focused, not getting distracted, and knowing your worth and knowing and setting goals and celebrating every small goal that you accomplish it's not something that's really small it's something huge so celebrate that and embrace that and for those who are listening who haven't had that experience i would say that you know the relationship that i developed with harriet who was a stranger someone i didn't know at all has really encouraged me and propelled me into being the woman that i am today so you know Prisoners are not scary. We're just human beings. And sometimes we need just a little bit of, of love or thoughtfulness from a stranger to let you know that, you know, you are worth it. You know how, how important that is and how you can change a person's life. Because I know 100% I would not be where I am today if it wasn't because of the relationship that I have developed with you and Stan. So oh, I just want people to know that it's okay to reach out, and you know, you you could really save somebody's life without even knowing it, a letter, a postcard, a phone call, anything. So, right, yeah, I certainly uh,
0: believe I, I believe that um, that you can really make a difference in someone's life, and it doesn't take all that much. It really doesn't, as you just mm-hmm. said, a visit, a letter, a call. So I I sh- certainly hope that maybe a year from now or maybe even sooner um that you'll come back and tell us where where you're at and i am so proud of what you have accomplished so far in in your life i i worried that your transition transition was going to be very difficult very stressful very challenging and it just amazes me that um you seem to be taking things um, as they come to you day by day. And I don't hear you uh, complaining about anything. The the only thing I know you're struggling with is insomnia. And that is something, yeah, that's that's a challenge, especially because you work so very hard um, and that takes a great deal out of you. So getting the proper amount of rest is very important. But I hope mm-hmm. uh, that if it continues, that you'll address it. But I think overall, um, I'm so very, very pleased that um, that move from uh, such a a strict environment, where really you had very little opportunity to make choices of your own, that it was dictated by the institution, and now. I guess every day you're making many, many decisions all the time and it it Mm -hmm. doesn't seem to throw you, which is great. I'm, I'm very, very pleased about that. So I, I, so appreciate your, your time. We've done a couple other, um, kind of, uh, virtual presentations together. And this is the first time that you have been on my podcast. And as, as I, um, I've been on the air well, it's about two and a half years now i think and i always dreamed what if robin gets out i wonder if we can have her on the the program and here you are it's really <laughs> here you are so thank you so much for, for thank your you. your time today and our our relationship of 13 years doesn't even seem that it's that long has has had uh, a long you know, road, a journey that we've made together. And it has given us great joy and great happiness, as I hope it has given you as well. So we love you so much. We miss you. I and, love you too. And I'm hoping that you will get in the car and come here or get on a train and come and see us here in New Jersey. Uh, we look forward to that. Thank you again, Robin, for just being who you are. And we love you so much.
1: I love you too. Thank you so much for having
0: me. You're welcome. And listeners, for the next time on the podcast, I always like to tell you what's coming up. Um, I have two women who have done long sentences in the state of Texas. I don't think I have ever interviewed anybody from the state of Texas. And one of them is a uh, published writer, uh, very much like Robin. um, And I read an essay of hers and Called her and she is coming on with a friend of hers. So that's next time on Pursuing Justice on Society Bites Radio. Thank you so much for listening and I'm Harriet Hendel and we'll see you next time on Pursuing Justice. Thanks for listening to my podcast today. You've been listening to Pursuing Justice on Society Bites Radio. I'm your host, Harriet.